0: Not at all. Yeah. Huh. And on that note, folks, welcome to another—not another film podcast. This is the podcast where we take movies we used to love as kids and we re-examine them in the harsh and sobering light of 2021.
1: Yeah. Nailed Got it. it! I tried to it didn't work. <laughs> oh.
0: <laughs> and we, uh, so oh, but uh, God, I'm so bad at it. I'm in gears.
2: <laughs> I'm Lauren Thompson.
0: And we are joined I'm- by not another film podcast all star at this point. Yeah. Lena Benish, how are you?
1: I'm okay. Great. I'm here, so I'm happy.
0: There we go. <laughs> Lena, you were you were here when we finally figured out what it was a girl wanted. And now you're here to talk to us about mm-hmm. jobs that are Italiano. Mm-hmm.
1: True.
0: So what what is the what is the common thread for both of these movies for you? The t- we're talking about 2003's is the Italian job, by the way. If you did not get that, or the remake,
1: you... not the original. <laughs>
0: yeah, 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 not the 1969 one, 69 A-O. A-O. Uh, AO. But the, the 2000... Charlie's
1: Joint. <laughs> <laughs> don't fuck
0: with that. Yeah, fuck you, Michael Caine. <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
1: that one out one's got to be like here. very good. That one's got to be like good, so we can't like mock that one. It's just like. Tuesday can do what he wants.
0: Brief anecdote: Tuesday, we're about to watch this movie. Lauren's like, "I'm not feeling too good." I was like, "Well, I'll rent it. We can watch it like on lunch breaks and stuff over the next couple of days." Yeah. So she goes she like goes to do something else and the italian job from 1969 is on prime right now so i turned it on so i was like i'll start watching this and kind of get a feel for it because i've never seen it before lauren comes right back into the room three minutes into this movie and is like all right are we gonna watch this movie or what and it was like all right i will never know what happened in the 1969 (laughs) italian job i apologize to anyone listening who is a huge fan of that movie
2: i think i was (laughs) taking like a bath and you were like that takes like three hours to do lauren and i was like it doesn't take as long as you think i just
1: I thought is is an expansive thing it can either be quick or it can be forever it's very it can fit to the time you have very true and i didn't realize i
2: had a movie's worth of bath to to get through So I came back and was like, all right, let's do it.
0: You always do. <laughs> always have a movie's worth of bath to get through. <laughs> True. I can fill the time with anything. Don't yeah, worry. Can't. Um, so Lena, talk yeah. to us. What why this movie? Why now? As we as we uh, ask our director friends. Oh
1: lordy. Oh lordy. Okay. It's time to buckle up, strap in. You're about <laughs> get to get in meet. your mini
0: coopers and ride.
1: <laughs> it's time to like buckle up. Uh, even though no one in that fucking movie wears seatbelts, but that was neither here nor there. <laughs> um, but you're about to meet uh, freshman in high school, Lena. Um, <laughs> I first watched this movie at an Episcopal church lock-in following an evening when we went and drove in minivans to Northern Illinois to a corn maze that was themed around the 2008 election, which is how I know this was the like second or third weekend of, of October of October in 2008. <laughs> Such specificity. Instead of <laughs> exactly.
0: was it Husky? Like, it is themed. the most
1: deranged setup for me, having never seen this movie before. That like I was like, this is oddly specific. I need to tell you. Yeah. Um, yes. No. In Northern Illinois, there is a corn maze that does, it's huge. And they do themes every year, and so my church group. Um, as the preclude to a lock-in, um, which is that, like, dumb white thing that we do in the Midwest. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I've, I've been to a lock-in, We've too. all been
1: to a lock-in. We're very white.
0: <laughs> the Mid-Atlantic <books> <laughs>
2: lock-ins.
1: <laughs> so, as a preclude to a lock-in for, like, a fall thing, the, uh, youth leaders decided they were going to pack all of us into minivans and drive to Northern Illinois You to go to this corn maze. <laughs> and then... Um Put and all the traffic in the we like were stuck board. for an hour. Um but we got back to the church and they're like, cool, so we're gonna watch a movie. And they gathered, assembled a group, and they said, What movie should we watch? And they narrowed it down to two movies. And one of them was the Italian job, the other was Moulin Rouge. Oh. I as a as a 13 year old had not seen either of those movies. Hmm. Um But I had not yet awakened in my soul to the deep love of camp that I have. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was, by like the premise of what I was told about Moulin Rouge, I was not into it. Mm. I was a fucking moron, but that's neither here nor there. (laughs) Absolute. I have grown and I have changed. People putting on a
0: show? Not for me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I was like, listen that girl and that guy with the red cover, I'm over it. And then now I watched it like a year later and I was like, damn, this shit's good. It's <laughs> So good. But all of the girls wanted to watch Moulin Rouge and all of the boys wanted to watch the Italian job. But I, much like Charlie's Theron in a sea of men was like, no, I want to watch the Italian job.
0: Were you the tie-breaking they, vote?
1: No, they think. They literally got to an impasse and they sent the girls downstairs to where they were going to sleep. And the girls watched Moulin Rouge and I stayed upstairs in the hall with the guys and watched the Italian job. And then I went back downstairs in time for Satine's death and then went to bed.
0: Oh, man. (laughs) Wow.
1: What an experience. Um, Yes. So much like Charlie's, it was just me and a sea of teen boys watching this movie for the first time. Which Holy really influenced, I think, how I felt feel about the movie because I have very different opinions about this movie from when I was a youth, and I think that we will discuss some of them tonight. Some of them are <laughs> some of them are dumb.
0: Um, Hope so. Well,
1: enjoyed myself thoroughly then. Frankly, kind of enjoyed myself this week.
0: Yeah, oh, we're we're definitely going to get to that, uh, Lauren. What about you? First time you saw this movie?
2: Uh, I actually really don't know. This one exists in a weird part of my brain where uh, I think before watching this, in my head, I thought this movie was the bank job. It's not.
0: Jason Statham so, heist movie. Yeah, so
2: I was like... Handsome Rob. Awesome.
1: Yeah. Awesome. After, a
2: little different. Um, and so going into this, I had the realization of, no, it's not the movie that I thought it was. But then 10 minutes in, I was like, wait, I think I have seen this movie. And then once they left Italy, I was like, no, I haven't seen this movie. So I've maybe seen the opening of this movie because it was in Italy, and i was like obsessed for a while and then i was like oh this whole movie doesn't take place in italy turn it off please
1: (laughs) it is a bit misleading it's not the italian job and most of it takes place in los angeles it's the fallout from the italian job and like
2: uh i want more italy
0: well also so
2: maybe i've seen this movie maybe i haven't jury's still out (laughs) (laughs) i mean you've seen it now I've seen it now, but like up to that point, who knows? <laughs>
0: yeah, I'm trying to remember. I definitely saw this in theaters. I was too big of a fan of
1: Seth Green. Seth
0: Green and <laughs> I knew it. It was for me. He's it was too- still
1: my teen heart. Like that's the. This is like the problem. Is like the the biggest pivot I've done in my life is that like Seth Green was my like teeny bopper boyfriend, and he has swan dived in my esteem rewatching this movie
0: holy mm-hmm. shit, man, this character, <laughs> this character is a lawsuit waiting to happen. Um, but,
1: like, he's like, yeah, my ex. And I was like, it's a miracle you've had a girlfriend.
0: Like, period. Where? But yeah, two names. Mm-hmm. Two big reasons why I watched this movie. Mm-hmm. Seth Green and the artist formerly known as Most Deaf who, mm-hmm. uh, Yasin Bey. Um, yeah. I was so into Most Deaf's music growing up because my sister like my sister's boyfriend at the time just had much better music taste than i had so like would bring over a lot of stuff that introduced me to to music that i honestly just never would have gotten before and that's how i got introduced to most deaf and then he started doing movies and he was in like hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy Mm -hmm. he was in like that heart transplant hbo movie with alan rickman that was like pretty good Uh, And like Lackawanna Blues He had done like a bunch of like small parts in movies Um, And yeah And and I was just like really into Mos Def And then watching this movie I was like oh shit It's got one of my other favorite actors The guy from Death to Smoochie Edward Norton (laughs) But, But I knew him as the guy from Death to Smoochie and now I know him as genuinely one of my favorite actors. I love Edward Norton. He, the dude's got a, we, we'll get into some of the crazy stories about Edward Norton. On I mean, Saturday. yeah,
1: I read, I read the IMDb trivia page. So I have, I've heard shit now.
0: Dude, my guy, my guy has, has, it uh, has got some rough edges to him. Uh, I can
2: only tell from the subtext that truly bled through the movie that he did not want to be there. This man, yeah, he did not want to be there.
0: Experience.
2: I mean, you can yeah. tell from the like, facial hair. You don't have that facial hair if you care.
0: Also, though, welcome yeah. to the Not Another Film Podcast Hall of Fame, Ed Norton. You were in Fight Club, and now you're in That's the right. Italian shop. Yeah, fair,
1: fair, fair.
0: Um, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So let's, 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 Jesus Christ. Our cats are fighting.
2: Um,
1: <laughs> they fighting. <laughs> they heard Fight Club, and they went crazy. <laughs> I've been watching them in the background of you talking. <laughs>
0: These effing cats. There's
1: like something's um, gearing yes. up back there. I don't
2: know what it is.
0: Um, but yeah, so I, I remember seeing this movie, and I re- I honestly don't remember ever seeing it again after that first time I watched it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think I watched it then at the lock-in. Several years later, it was a DVD purchase, so I own this DVD now. Weird choice nice. in the year 2020. <laughs> but I don't think I've seen it in at least like five or six years, to be honest. Yeah. Um, so this was a sharp rewatch.
0: Yeah, it was interesting. It was very interesting. I also want to point out like one thing going into it that I think is really incredible. I was just looking at the dude's IMDb before we we got into this, but this was a real turning point for F Gary Grey, the director. And I think his career is so interesting because he starts off doing like small heist films like he did uh, um, set it off the Jada Pinkett Smith and Queen Latifah heist film uh, he does he, he directs Friday in 1995 with Ice Cube and uh, Chris Tucker and then he like this is like his first kind of like big studio movie and cut to like last year I guess two years ago now since last year we really didn't have a year at the movies um, and he's directing like the last installment of the fast and furious franchise and like men in black international and he's genuinely yeah. like one of the biggest blockbuster directors mm-hmm. that we have today and it's it's for it's cool for two reasons one it's just cool to see like a meteoric rise like that and mm-hmm. a sustained career as a director in hollywood for like 25 mm-hmm. plus years and b it's really cool to see that like like that a black director has been able to do that which is just really fucking awesome oh, yeah. Um, well,
1: it's, it's such a, like, one of the few things that I don't quibble with with age is, like, it's actually shot really beautifully. Like, it's actually, like, a very, like, pretty film. Don't do you, fight me on that. I think it's pretty.
0: Do you know who shot the movie? Who the cinematographer was?
1: Who? I don't know. I don't so know the cinematographer's
0: name. This shit's crazy. I actually just figured this out. Is this movie, <laughs> the dude's name, Wally Fister. Wally Wait, Pfister won an academy award in 2010 for shooting inception this oh. man is a not another film podcast all-star
1: in like yeah. the span of a few weeks yeah.
0: genuinely it all goes you back know. to inception
1: yeah. you know it's all it's all down there yeah
0: um but yeah no I completely agree I think this movie looks like it's,
1: really it's, good yeah I think that like the because the problems the problems and the quibbles that I have are mostly with the screenplay most it's of the other myself. stuff is like you know what I'm saying, it's like most of the rest is just like beautiful it's like interesting acting interesting like style, like stapled to bad script pages like thats
0: yeah, this script was like—it feels like it was turned in on cocktail napkins. It's not like—I feel like they were yeah. like, "Well, Seth Green can improvise, so what if everybody improvise What if
2: ninety percent of this movie
1: is about Napster? <laughs>
0: they really <laughs> clung to this Napster through line. I
1: really want- people will know about that in two decades. People will understand
2: what that is. Yeah, can I just spoil my recommendation? Is the Social Network? <laughs> just, this is the social uh, for napster It's what Napster deserves.
0: <laughs> you know it's cooler than the Italian job, the Italian job in 2003. <laughs> um so yeah, let's dive into it. Uh this movie begins with the, with a job in in Italy, with
2: a heist, with the titular <laughs> Italian job.
0: Um with a yeah, so we've got the leader of our group uh who's played by
1: Donald Sutherland, my pe- my like movie father.
0: <laughs> Recent, well, let's he also give credit. My heart. Words, let's give credit where it's due. Recent Golden Globe nominee, <laughs> Donald Sutherland, for doing a speech in The Undoing where he says the word cocksucker a bunch, and that is all he does in the show.
1: Yeah, uh, <laughs> I mean, he will perpetually be Mr. Bennett in my heart. So he's always like it bathed in like soft sunlight and wearing a nice neckerchief. Yes.
0: Uh, <laughs> he's about to cry.
1: Just like happy and, or rather like travailed by his silly wife and just like either looking exhausted or looking delighted, but most like generally speaking,
2: chill. Just like world weary dad who's like messing up but trying his best, you know?
0: Yeah. And he's yeah. so he's the leader of this group of thieves. Uh, and he's calling his daughter Charlie's Throne on her birthday. Which
1: she's the first person you see in the movie. So actually, this is my like deep take for my rewatches. This is actually Charlie's movie. It's not it's about Stella. It's not actually about the other characters. It's, it's her
2: It should be. Like you watch and you're like, no, functionally, this should be her
1: movie. And somehow it's not, which is confusing. Well, because it can't possibly be about a woman. There's only four women in this movie. Only <laughs> I think only two of two of them have lines.
0: And one of them gets their clothes blown off by a speaker. <laughs>
1: uh, that actress, I thought this is that was Jason's actual girlfriend at the time. I was like, I'm sorry. What?
0: Yeah, it's Kelly Brooke, right?
1: Oh wow. Finn?
0: She's a mom. I don't know, people. <laughs> no, I
1: don't
0: know. Um, yeah. It's so they're they're Wild. in Italy, they're doing this job, they're gonna steal uh million worth of gold bars, Mm -hmm. which uh, I also saw this on the IMDb Trivia, would equal around five tons.
1: Um, Yeah, the the math does not quite work out in this situation.
0: (laughs) It's also so funny because Lauren and I just got through watching all of the the newer Oceans movies. Mm -hmm. So we watched 11 through 13, then we watched eight. And it's just like the first Oceans movie comes out at the top being like, we're gonna steal hundred and fifty million dollars from this casino. And this movie's like, all right, we're gonna steal thirty-five grand in gold bars from a safe in Venice. And
1: it's <laughs> very clunky to get out. Like rather than just robbing. That's a- that's a-
0: that on. Yeah. Yeah. They're they're like,
1: awesome. You, you yeah. planned it perfectly. And I'm like, really? If you planned it perfectly, you'd take a different job. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get into this. <laughs> it is a very difficult
2: job unnecessarily so
0: well uh, and you know why Mm. because there's not a clear delineation of roles in this group
1: yes that's the key problem with this heist movie is that there's not specialization
0: no they do specialization for like three people and then the most important people are like and then you're here so (laughs) it's like you've got like yasin bay who they're like this guy is our demolitions expert. He knows yeah. chemicals, and they've got Seth Green, and they're like, "You're our tech guy, cause you're small and skinny and you know nerd things." And then <laughs> we've got Donald Sutherland, who's the leader, and we've got uh, he's a safe cracker. Yeah, and uh, yeah, he's the safe cracker, and Jason Statham, who's a getaway driver. And then we're left with Ed Norton and Mark Wahlberg, who are just two yeah. alpha white dudes fighting for the role of who gives a shit in this heist.
2: Yeah, I think that what we're supposed to get is that Ed Norton is like the guy who can assemble teams in the locales. He's the wild card? I
1: think he's like the guy who knows- he's the safecracker and Mark is the one, and Charlie, who's the Mark Wobble character, is the one who planned the job. So truly, Ed Norton has no job. He's the guy who finds the people, actually, because he's the one who finds the garbage men. Um, So maybe he's the, like, wrangler man- (laughs) <laughs> yeah, he's I like the one
2: that gets them the stuff He's like, it's like in um In Ocean's 8, like Sarah Paulson's The one that can like get them stuff And she just can like acquire Things and like get people I think that that's what She's Ed, Norton is. The Ed Norton She's the Ed Norton? Yeah. Yeah. Sarah Paulson's the Ed Norton of Ocean's 8 Yeah oh. <laughs> I think that that's, that's basically what you're supposed to get I think it, it is strange specifically In the dynamic between Mark Wahlberg And Donald Sutherland because you get the idea that Donald Sutherland is the lead, even though his specialization is safe cracking, but this one particular job, he's handed it off to Mark Wahlberg. I think the idea is basically-
0: It's one last job. It's
2: one last job. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to give you command of this because you'll be the lead going forward, but I'm sort of still supervising you. You still got your like training wheels on in the form of Donald Sutherland. But I don't know yeah, what Mark yeah. Wahlberg's job was before he became the leader. That's
0: my question.
2: It's like, is he the pickpocket? I think
1: that's maybe... like from, the I think that's... If, if you watch the, like, Flashback, it seems like he's the pickpocket. Yeah, the but Flashback. I don't need a pickpocket for this job. Flash, he's grown since then. Though, based on, like, context nonsense of this movie, it is my headcanon that, like, because of whatever accent Donald Sutherland's attempting in this movie, um, that, like, baby Charlie, like, met... Uh, John Bridger, Donald Sutherland, like somewhere in Southie when he was a teenager. <laughs> and like, <laughs> and he like took him under his legs. Because like, I'm like, listen, because ma- basically nothing about Stella and Charlie's relationship makes sense unless they've known each other for literal decades since they yeah. were awkward teenagers together. So, like, I that, in that sense, I'm like, no, like, obviously, like, he met Stella when they were both like 12 <laughs> and just like, idiot.
0: And it seems like like there, there are a couple times when they're like walking through Venice together, Donald Sutherland and Wahlberg, and it, he kind of almost makes allusions to the fact of like, you know. Yeah, like, like, like strong you know,
1: dad vibes. and Yeah, like, of like, teaching I'm lessons your, and like, I'm your
0: dad, you should fuck my daughter. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs>
1: I mean, he ships it, let's be clear.
2: <laughs> yeah. He's like, go yeah. find
1: a woman who will understand you and spend your life with her. But also look at this girl I just bought a necklace for, my daughter, ha ha.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah. connect these dots yeah
2: it's like well, Ian and I've been re-watching the OC so it's kind of like so the, good it's like the the Coen's bringing Ryan in it's like maybe that's kind of the deal with Charlie's
0: that's like, my recommendation <laughs>
2: yeah is that like, it was running that.
0: concurrently when the Italian job came out
2: <laughs> so they're like yeah, yeah no we, we took you in and like you're you're sort of our kid, but also like you're not literally our kid, so you can get with our daughter maybe one day. Best of
0: both worlds. <laughs> we feed you dinner. You fuck my daughter.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> we keep it. In yeah, the no, it's we're not
2: actually in the family.
1: You know. Yeah, in theory, like John Bridgers and Charlie and Stella were all like in Dorchester. Um, He's <laughs> like chilling. Going I'm to Charlie
0: dinner. Staring Oscar Party. No.
1: <laughs> where my butt was for all of senior years.
0: Yep. <laughs> um,
1: like a grassy brownstone somewhere off of the UMass stop. Um. The,
0: so the, my this this image has never gone out of my head. It's my favorite thing in this movie. It's in the first 10 minutes. It's in order to get the safe, they paint this like nitrate shit. On I the, have
1: technical issues with it. My I continue. love this.
0: <laughs> on the bottom, on on the ceiling, and then they put an explosive in there. It causes a perfect explosion of just this one square wherever there is paint of this chemical. And this safe just drops two stories and for some fucking reason does not shatter the precarious <laughs> integrity of this Venetian building. This this built, dude, Venice is being held up. I can't by believe that it wasn't over a Everband. load-bearing
1: post, support post, first of all like if that shape is as heavy as it is that it could it could achieve enough velocity because they only paint they paint the floor that is the ceiling over the water and they paint the thing over so it's like it kind of has to like it has to shush its way through one of the floors without paint on it um that like if it's that heavy like it better be over a support beam first of all second of all here's my main problem Seth Green, a.k.a. Lyle, is rolling on some, like, ancient version of AutoCAD, and I don't know where he got the plans for this building, but no plans that are inch-specific. Can you trust to be inch-specific? number no. of times that I have gotten a theater drawing and tried to tape out a set, and it's so wrong by the time you get and every, like, it can't be an inch. It's like, you have to give it, like, plus or minus six inches at least, at which point... That thing could erupt on either side, can't, no. That's my main issue is I am like, listen, he's all like go six, go like 12 feet, six inches from that wall, I'm like, you don't know if that wall is the same wall as the wall up there. This is Venice, everything is sideways.
0: They're also painting with like 10 foot paint stick, like like paint arms. I'm are
1: painting with little baby sticks. Yeah, that, like four inches wide and he's like tapping it out. On some like spray painted um, like chief yeah. girl on the ceiling.
2: I just what's um, the,
1: what's the harm in overshooting? You know, like get a few, ex- like, make it a little wider.
2: Yeah, get a few extra feet. Mm-hmm. But if you take the building down, you take the building down. That was always a risk. You're already destroying artwork on the ceiling, which made my heart hurt.
0: Yeah, no, same, I can. But be- also
1: at the same time, you could totally tell that that was like spray painted or like lacquered on because it doesn't have any brush marks. It was still pretty. Like <laughs>
0: I mean, I completely agree. It's, it is, it doesn't work at all. And at the same time, it's fucking awesome. And I loved <laughs> it. Uh,
1: oh, yes. Like in concept, incredible. In practicality, no way that works.
0: Not odd. Uh, but they blast this thing. It falls down. A safe falls into the back of a boat. You think. And, uh, and, uh, <laughs> Jason Statham immediately leads these bad guys through a, uh, a, a boat race. Through the canals of Venice, which is, which is good. Like that's the cool thing. It's about, cool. It's yeah.
1: Cool.
0: That's the cool thing about this movie is like there are really not a lot of uh, special effects shots. It's a lot of practical yeah. driving, practical like uh, boat mm-hmm. racing. A lot of the actors did a lot of their own stunt driving.
1: Yeah. So
0: it's like they they actually like for as much as like we're gonna make fun of this movie like they put in the work and I do think that you can, you can see it.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah this movie kind of lives in the execution.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I want to carve out conservatively four hours to talk about Ed Norton's mustache.
1: <laughs> <laughs> there's, that's the thing is there's no, there's clearly he wasn't enjoying that this movie because there's no way that you voluntarily put on that facial hair unless you are forced. See, I disagree. I think he did it on purpose.
2: I think he's trolling
0: this movie.
2: I think he's like... Exactly, that's fair. That's that's fair. I think he's like, I'll do this movie, but I'm going to look dumb as shit.
0: And it's wild because, like, I think I've recommended this on this podcast before. Ed Norton wrote, directed, starred in, and produced this adaptation of Motherless Brooklyn that came out a couple years ago. It's two and a half hours long. It is slow as shit. (laughs) It is... So self-indulgent. I Someone give that boy an
1: editor. <laughs> loved
0: it. I loved everything
1: about it. <laughs> and Ed
0: Norton plays a man with uh with Tourette's. And you're like, this is a lawsuit waiting to happen. This is how is this not a BuzzFeed article? Like in Tuesday- and you watch the movie and you kind of go, you know what? Against all odds, that bastard kind of pulls it off. <laughs> This movies. Really, I thought he was great at it. And yet you watch him just like not trying at all with a role that should be so easy. and
2: It's an easy slam dunk for pretty much any actor.
0: And he, for putting in 2% of effort, comes out of this movie looking great.
1: Yeah. Even with that but mustache. But also like, what's so frustrating is like there's not really, or at least especially in 2003, there weren't roles for like chewy villains. There weren't like hammy like super villainy in the real world kind of villain. Those things didn't exist. And he just like kind of threw away a perfectly good opportunity to be campy as fuck. Mm-hmm. Like some of those, some of those monologues he has, I'm like, listen, you could go full on super villain with this shit. And you just sort of like let it happen. You let the pitch like slide right on by you. Yeah. So it feels, that's where I get frustrated.
0: Yeah. It feels especially when we meet him later on, long story short, you know, they get away with the money. They do the safe crack underwater. Uh, oopsie daisies, Donald Sutherland gets killed because Ed Norton has been uh, uh, double-crossed them all.
2: He, um, they yeah. get thrown into, like, ice-cold water and somehow don't get hypothermia. Holy
0: shit, we got to talk about this.
1: No, we need to talk about the fact that I I originally wrote down when he pulled out the machine gun, I was like, well, that seems like fucking overkill. And then I thought about it, and I was like, I mean, all of them to survive. survived. So maybe it wasn't. No, <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't. They, he, like, unloaded two successive automatic weapons uh, magazines on this vehicle in the water and A, all of them survive and B, Jesus Christ.
0: Yeah. There's something so special to me about because like like you said, and I, I think that you're exactly right, he doesn't chew the scenery as much as you want him to.
1: As much as the, the movie desires. Because if this movie is a movie about like revenge and justice and like taking, like going for it, like, you need to have an adversary that, like, w- I mean, like, warrants that. Like, he killed, like, his, presumably his mentor of some variety, not like full on Charlie's mentor, but like a mentor of some variety. Like, he basically did go full supervillain. He just didn't commit to the bit.
0: Well, mm-hmm. I, yeah. So it's like there are two ways he could have gone here he could have gone full supervillain, or he could go the route that he does go, which is, I don't give a flying fuck what's happening in this movie. And he attacks it with no dedication. <laughs> And with a level of ease that I was transfixed by. (laughs) Because I was genuinely like, you care so little. I have no idea what you're gonna do.
2: But it also kind of circles around to kind of working.
0: Yeah, there are moments- your character
2: doesn't give a fuck. And it's like, interesting. Ah. It goes around to, it, it circles all the way around to being a choice. (laughs)
0: <laughs> which is th- like the mustache. The mustache starts out and you're like, you look like a Williamsburg hipster circa 2016. And then by the time we meet him again in Los Angeles, after, you know, he's had the least creative way of spending $7 million you could possibly have. And he's, the mustache has grown out. He's got this weird little soul patch thing. And the performance is straight out of like a 70s heist film, which I did appreciate. Was it felt like yeah. I was
1: watching- the French yeah. Connection,
0: or something like that, like yeah, but nobody else is doing that, and that's what's nuts. Yeah, <laughs> everyone else is essentially doing like we're in the Fast and the Furious yeah. movie. Um, do we want to? Yeah, so so yeah, so Ed Norton shoots, kills Donald Sutherland,
1: and leaves the rest and knocks out. the truck off of it off of the bridge in the Swiss Alps or whatever. Um and then he unloads a magazine and they like use a respirator to survive, and then it no. like cuts to what
0: they, they are underwater, under the ice, and they are just chilling like it's no big deal. And then yeah. they pull out Donald Sutherland's body and fucking Mark Wahlberg is doing everything he can to squeeze He's like, out
1: that's, He acts So hard, in that, <laughs> Jesus
0: because this was at this point, we still thought Mark Wahlberg was like could do what Damon does, but he can't. Yeah,
1: this was this was the the period of equivalence, I would say.
0: Yeah, the period was, where they were
1: doing approximately the same thing.
0: Yeah, but then you put them next to each other in The Departed, and you go, "Oh, that's who you are." Okay, got it. <laughs> gotcha.
1: But, good,
0: yeah. Good. Good. But then the thing that drove me crazy is Mark Wahlberg in the midst of being under a under ice water with like, like yeah, about yeah. to die, takes the time to pull out all six foot four inches of Donald Sutherland he, from the water. To
2: be fair, he was floating on top of the water. Good he play. was floating because that's
1: how they got um, Edward Norton to run away. Is They were like, look, he dead. And then I was like, ha ha ha, I did it. And he walked away.
0: <laughs> and he's just holding him. He should be. This dude should be going through hypothermia right now. I would
2: like to point out wearing no gloves, not even a coat, just like straight up a little sweater. I a light jacket. <laughs> hair,
0: hair like perfectly wet. Like...
2: <laughs> and he's yeah. not even shivering. Everyone is fine. You would all be like in like intense stages of hypothermia, and you have no way to call for help. Yeah. You're just gonna have to walk to the nearest town. It's 2003.
0: Yeah. What are you gonna do? Uh anyway, now we are in, also there's a crazy scene in Venice, in the beginning we didn't mention this, where Wahlberg and Sutherland are walking next to each other and the movie makes it look like they're the same height, which is hilarious because Donald Sutherland's six foot four and Mark Wahlberg's like four foot ten. But like <laughs> part of the
1: trivia, he wore lists the entire movie, and I was like, I mean, because Charlie's is a hundred feet tall and therefore Mark yeah, is short. A,
0: <laughs> she is an Amazon. So like yeah.
1: She is an Amazonian queen and you know. She, and she's wearing heels in this movie, so
0: love her. love her, love her, love her, love that for her. Um, so let's get back to Hollywood, California. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, we it's actually they go to Philly next, it's a year later, and they're in Philly, which is where we meet Stella for real.
0: Oh, she was in Philly,
1: yeah. There's a, there's a, um, Uh, ticker tape on the bottom. That's like one year later, Philadelphia, and they do like an establishing shot.
0: I don't know how to read. Uh, Oh well,
1: yeah. So they find her in Philly because she's now working for the police because, like, you know, he was a con man. Her dad was a con man, and so she still has his skills, but
2: she's using it for good. Like, I love how the the idea is just like, okay, your job is when there's a crime scene. If we happen to find a safe. We just kind of want to see what's in that safe, so uh, can you just like open it, open it for us? Like that's her job. How often do you need that skill set, and how well does it
1: pay? It's such a specific. I space. mean, apparently, well, because yeah. they're like, yeah, you cost, you. are expensive, and I was like, shit, she better be for the how how often have they calling her up? Stella, you wanna you? Wanna, we just kind of we're kind of curious. We got a bet going. <laughs>
0: yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, but yeah, so she's running
1: like a vintage mini that is the prettiest thing in the world and the reason why i wanted a mini for my first car and then i met someone who had a mini and they were like they're horrible to take care of they break all the time and they're hard to get serviced in the u.s and i was like fair you know what
2: super ideal for a heist
1: <laughs> I- yeah right <laughs> <laughs> I
2: like a little box car kind of three of them in three different colors back to back that's not conspicuous
0: I mean, it's kind of awesome. How many
1: people had minis in 2003? I need to know.
0: I <laughs> feel like, this, was, like it wasn't was like I'm Yeah, this movie shot up the Mini Cooper popularity to like an insane degree. Like before this, we were like, Have you seen the PT Cruiser? And then this movie came out and you're like, Have you seen the Mini Cooper?
1: <laughs> but yeah. But Walbers. she does do like the most terrifying Jersey slide around, actually, for like lanes of traffic, and I was like, that's even stronger than I would go.
0: Yeah, she's also like a loose cannon behind the wheel from the first time we meet her, which I do appreciate.
2: Well, then she should have been the driver. Why? Why do we have Jason? I love up? that she's so good at it because she totally just like smacks down Rob and just be like, nope. But it's another instance of like people aren't staying in their thing. Like at I no mean, point does handsome Rob I, do you anything. No, you're good. Oh, uh, like at no point does handsome Rob do anything that other people don't also do.
0: He fucks. Nobody else fucks.
2: That's literally it. That's all we got. That's
1: true. Um, but I mean, arguably, they do need three drivers. <laughs> Which true. They've shown that Jason, that Rob has uh, skills behind the wheel. They've shown that Stella has skills behind the wheel. They have shown no skill set of Mark Wahlberg to be driving a car, and yet he is the lead driver. Because he has nothing else to do. Yeah, Mark
2: Wahlberg
0: has that's nothing true. to do. He he plans it.
1: He just wants to be included. But
0: again, got yeah. like genuinely gun to my head. If, if Wahlberg came up to me and was like, hey man, I got a plan, I'd be like, sorry. Like,
2: <laughs> <laughs> I don't trust you, my no, guy.
0: It's a burger place, and me and my brothers are gonna run it. And it's like, nah, I don't think that's gonna go places. <laughs>
2: <laughs> trust me we're gonna have great
0: merchandising opportunities it's gonna be great oh my God. um side note i i've i brought this story up before but you'll appreciate this because you also went to school in boston i used to work at uh um the harbor cruises and we'd go around and on my last, <laughs> about
1: this last time I was
0: on. <laughs> good on the last day i pointed out That Mark Wahlberg lived in like three different buildings in East Boston that we would pass, (laughs) and I was like, "That's a building that Mark Wahlberg lives in, actually." You just lied. (laughs) Oh yeah, (laughs) I would get incredible tips, (laughs) or I'd be like, "That's where they shot this scene in Mystic River," and like people would be like,
1: "Whoa!" Yeah, this is my connection is that I lived off of the UMass stop uh, for my senior year of college, and I lived across, like, at the train tracks down the road. And if you continued down the road to the seven hill stop mm-hmm. um at that corner was our favorite diner that we'll go to in the morning uh one of my roommates was a distance runner so he would do like marathon like runs in the area and so he would wake up at the ass crack of dawn and go to the starting gate and then the rest of us would wake up and like go get breakfast and then go meet him at the finish line. but it was this diner if you go- went there before seven it was like five bucks and you got like three eggs hash browns oh, like the whole smorgasbord of it um and it was mark mark Wahlberg's favorite diner it was his like hometown diner and there was like a huge picture of him on the wall next to an article about the diner and it's it's actually really good you should I to everyone say, should you look it about up that and get from it. harbor cruises <laughs> no it was because we went in because we were like this is the greatest diner we went there for breakfast one day and it was just like on the wall and everyone just walked we're like what the what? <laughs> nice.
0: That's awesome.
1: Yeah. Ian, Ian actually
2: photoshopped that photo.
0: Yeah, I, I had to really those, like paper trail. There's
2: so much around the city of Boston that Ian just, is like Mark Wahlberg was here. Did you know that?
0: <laughs> Did you know Tom Brady took a shit here once? Like,
2: <laughs> it I up, State Boston. Street subs. It really gives Ian a nice thrill to just like <laughs> lie about celebrity <laughs>
1: signings. <laughs> that was a Georgetown cupcake.
0: Yeah, people are on (laughs) vacation. You want them to leave with something special. Um, Yeah. But yeah. Um, Anyway, let's get back to this movie.
1: (laughs) Oh lordy! So, um, she comes back from busting up in the face. Um, her assistant that you never meet again. Oh, so she has this. There's actually five women in this movie. Very sorry. Shame on me. Five ladies. (laughs) (laughs) Never see her again. But she has a she has a cute little line about how Marky marks the dish. Um, and then she likes Saunders on the office. Um, And then we have the first scene between the two and we're like, you've known each other since you were 12. There's no way that you don't have this kind of like deep intimacy as just like someone that your dad used to work with.
2: Yeah, no, it's weird. He he walks
0: into her room without knocking too many times for me to think that they don't know each other really well.
2: Yeah, he like yeah. walked in when and and was in her bra at one point, and I was like, mm, "This has happened when you live together in a house." You know that
0: time when yeah. you're like trying to crack a safe in your bra? You know. <laughs> this is...
1: Also bad. I'm like, mm, this was shot by a man.
0: She's like, she's like, I'm in like pajama bot, like like shorts from like the waist down. But just a black lacy bra on top. <laughs>
1: it's like, what the fuck? I is don't happening? actually know a human woman who would just wear a bra around the house and nothing
2: else. And like a regular bra. Like, I would buy it if it was like a sports bra.
1: If it was a sports bra or like if it was like a tank crop or something. Like, I would buy a woman wearing a shirt with no bra over a woman wearing a bra and no shirt. That's the more likely scenario, is you walks so. No, and no, no. she's wearing no a crop bra. top with no bra.
2: Yeah. And like, you have the thing of like, oh, you're walking in shit. A person came in. I should probably be wearing a bra right
1: now, but too late. You He's know, walking in can't do shit. I <laughs> um, can't do
0: anything
1: about it now. Um, uh, yeah, so they're deeply intimate.
0: Mark Wahlberg's it's essentially great. like, look, uh, we want to rip over Steve. uh, Who's Edward Norton? Because he killed your dad. Uh, do you want to do this? Uh, long story short she's like no and then like two seconds later it's like yeah <laughs> you no
1: know, and then she has a long scene of her just staring at the necklace that her dead father gave her and then she says yes
0: yeah and she
1: and then they meet in an overpass yeah
0: and and this is where we get the character introduction of pretty much everyone else mm-hmm. I, I i i
1: enjoy the trope that they do for the character introductions which is like for some reason very intrinsic to heist and con movies which is flashbacks i, love I it. like the each of the flashbacks i think the flashbacks are smart
0: me too i i, was, I was literally just gonna say it feels cheap but i'm charmed i'm still like i yeah. like this. i like the flat I, like I like like the we're gonna like cut back to like Yasin Bey like playing with explosives for the first time at school and like the Jackson 5 is going to be playing or like we're going to cut back to like this like thing with um Seth Green falling asleep and his roommate who's actually played by Sean Fleming stealing while like (laughs) you know Metallica is playing and like Mm -hmm. so there's like little bits like that but I'm like this is silly and over the top but it's it is very charming very
1: charming also, the baby ball wa- Mark Wahlberg looks a lot like him, but also very distinctly familiar to me. And I didn't look up who that actor is. And I'm like,
0: Was Mark Wahlberg was because baby Mark Wahlberg, his whole thing is like, it's like, oh me? I've been in trouble with the law since before I was born.
1: And he's yeah. like
0: and it cuts this thing of like this big fat bully, just like, get out of my way. <laughs> he's like pushing the yeah. He's like,
1: give <laughs> me your lunch money. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> he's like.
1: And he's like tot. This like little tot has like arranged his like hooligan friends to help steal the wallet of a like adult child, like a big kid. He's an adult child. No, what (laughs) happens there
2: is that the adult (laughs) child takes a kid's lunch money, puts it in his back pocket, and they steal back the lunch money. That he had stolen from that kid, but it is never explicitly stated that he gives that lunch money back. Yeah, he so keeps in it. essence, he is using this big bully as a middleman <laughs> to still take kids' lunch money. Yeah. He's a scumbag.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> I enjoyed the justice of it, and then you explained it. And I was like,
2: oh what? No, yeah, you never see the follow-through. It's like, no, you're still selfish. I think the like the editing. I like the idea of it, but there's something about the editing that just feels like sluggish. The slow-mo. Flashbacks. It's like... Well, it's like we, yeah. we like we take too long to go into the flashbacks. I'm someone where it's like, if you're going to do a flashback, yeah. and in a right away, like you need it to be tight Where it's like, okay, I'm here. You get a shot of him. All right, this is blank, blank, blank. And then whoosh, we're in the flashback. And instead Mark Wahlberg is doing this like lackadaisical like, he was in trouble with the law before he was born. And then it switches over and you're like, no, 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 no. It's taking too long. Yeah. Bring on this man's face for far too long.
0: Please Mark Wahlberg He's such a hunk. Well,
1: no one's that much. Um, they're great. Continuing, like last is my favorite character. It's the um, most deaf character, um, which I, I think is awesome, especially because like in the world of 2021, um, he is a deaf character. Yeah, to have, like you see his like source of it. It's not ever done for really like they never make jokes about it. It's just like part, like it feels very authentic to the way that like deaf mm-hmm. actors and deaf creators are creating stuff now. Where it's like they make dumb jokes about it the way that like deaf people make jokes about their own situation. But no one's like, oh, you, deafy, whatever. But it's like dumb. Yeah, stuff that they say.
0: No one ever. So no one ever of- brings it up in a in any sort of derogatory way to him.
1: Yeah. He's more—he's more like you, idiot.
0: I'm dead. <laughs> yeah, I also just love him as a—I I just think like he has such a calmness as an actor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is like he's a really comforting chill. force in the group. Where I just feel like <laughs> everyone else is so
1: chaotic.
0: Well, because they all talk about like what are you gonna do? You know, earlier in the movie they're like, "What are you gonna do with your with your money?" Uh, first of all, nobody has a good idea of what they're gonna do with their money, except for this except character. Except
1: him. I want his. I want his prize.
0: He's yeah. like, I'm going to buy a house in the South of Spain. I'm going to have a room for all my books and a room for all my shoes. And that's all I care about. And it's like, that's I was like, fucking... God.
1: Yeah. Yeah. In the
0: that's
1: year great. of our Lord 2021, I want
0: that. Sounds great. Um, but yeah, so he's got that. The I want to briefly touch on Jason Statham's backstory as a man who like wanted to have the longest Police chase in history. So he drove from <laughs> like New York to Hollywood, but and like they did, they couldn't stop. Him.
1: <laughs> like purely the. he put the spike chain out, and for some reason that did not affect his tires.
0: <laughs> he just like gave him the finger. Um, yeah.
1: No, it does connected in the year of our lord 2020 which is that because there was no traffic on the road people made the, what the whatever they call that which is the distance between New York and LA there's like a name for making that distance and people beat the world record like several times oh wow over quarantine because there was no traffic and no one was on the road that so people could really just drive i do
0: that i don't know
1: what it's called I feel like it'd be fun for
2: half a day and then you'd be like, oh God, no, what have I done?
0: <laughs> I feel like I'm too far away from home.
2: I'm too far, I guess I have to do it. Somewhere I'm somewhere in Oklahoma to... and I can't go back. Yeah. The,
0: the handsome Rob Trek.
2: Um, <laughs> I don't look nearly as handsome as Rob.
0: Yeah. Uh, Seth Green shows it. up on a motorcycle that he doesn't know how to ride. Uh, his name is Lyle, but he—I
1: don't like him. He—I <laughs> don't like him either. It's really quite sad. I don't like this man.
2: He, I don't care for him.
0: He pushes to be called Napster for the rest of the movie because this movie thinks that this Napster plot line is so fucking clever that he got yeah. he actually and that
1: it's gonna make sense after the year 2008. like eight.
0: It is it dates this movie so horribly.
2: It's also like, it's a it's the one where it's like a marginally funny bit in the backstory. And then they keep, the more they keep trying to make it a bit, the less funny it becomes in retrospect. So I don't even give it credit for being marginally funny the first time because they yeah. ruin, it. You drive the joke into the fucking ground.
0: He also says it so many times that genuinely, I don't believe he invented Napster. Yeah,
2: it's starting to feel like you didn't bro.
0: He says he invented it and it was called Napster because it was stolen from him while he was taking a nap, which I do which think- I think
1: it's kind line. of clever.
2: <laughs> the only clever thing. It's one of those where like you come, I feel like this is also just like a classic screenplay problem. And like a classic like writer that doesn't really know what they're doing problem of like, yeah, you have six versions of the same joke. Pick the two funniest <laughs> versions of that joke and those are the two versions of the joke you get. Yeah. You don't have to do all six. That's why we edit.
0: Yeah.
2: Ian and I run into this all the time where it's like, okay, cool. We put the, the same joke in basically six times. All right. Which ones were the best ones? Cut the rest of them.
0: Shakespeare did that too. T-
2: Keep going. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Um, so they're like, okay, we got to get the digital footprint of Ed Norton's house. So we're going to send shards. And we're
1: going to put it into Seth Green's AutoCAD, and somehow it's going to be exact to the inch.
0: I like okay. how they're, they're pretty much like, How are we going to get this money back? How are we going to exact revenge on Ed Norton? And they're like, We're going to exact revenge by doing the exact same thing that we did in Venice. And it's like, Charlie, you only have one plan, don't you? Like, you don't have <laughs> any other plan. You don't
1: even know any other cons. You just know the one.
0: He's like, Revenge yeah. the dish? Best served? Good. So let's do it. <laughs> and it's like, Oh, God. You really don't have any other ideas, do you, Mark Wahlberg? No. Um, What's
1: really terrifying is they're like, how wide is the hallway? It's like six feet and change. Like, cool. They're like, yeah, that car will fit in that hallway. I was like, awesome. In the before times, I was working on a show called American in Paris. We had a piano on a flat. That flat had an inch and a half on both sides. And we had to haul that thing on and off stage at full speed. We, it took us forever to get that shit right, forever. Are you telling me that they're driving shit through the hallways and they're not hitting stuff? Are you saying there's no end tables in this hallway? Are you saying there's no, like, pictures that are jutting out enough that they're going to get messed on the way by? Like, I think
2: part of me thinks, like, if I was in their situation, I'd be like, yeah, if I'm going to steal his shit, I may as well ruin his house while I'm at it. You know, like, I may You're as correct. well
1: just wreck it. You're correct. I mean, that's arguably true. We never actually see them try and drive to the house. I, I just get think that they're, they're trying to be classy, them. they're trying to keep it elegant and simple, but, like, also mm. they're petty.
2: So, like, personally, yeah, no, you're right. like, fuck some shit up on your way out, you right. know? Especially but the one of the best Yeah, especially because they also have always have one person who's like, I guess I'm just kind of supervising what's going on because this isn't my job. Just let that person start fucking shit up.
0: <laughs> just, like, walking in with, like, a golf club and just hitting shit? What are yeah. you
2: talking about? <laughs> I mean, honestly. Yes. Yeah, it's talking nice. about, like, monastery tile. Yeah wreck his fucking tv yeah
0: uh, but they send charlie's in as a cable person to go and and fix the fix the power
1: before that they're like one of the things we need? and one of them is they need to find how long it's going to take to get through la traffic and so they send rob with a car and he gets stuck behind an la actor and it's
0: scott so adds it yeah improviser extraordinaire scott adds it um also from it's like from- oh, it's
1: both wrong. wrong and also exactly on point yeah i think it's also it's like t- both a caricature but also i know that person yeah yeah
2: i think it's like very interesting watching this movie after having watched the oceans movies the oceans movies like can feel very like we're just kind of hanging out and very lackadaisical but so much in those movies like everything they show you pays off in some way. So in some way yeah. I was always expecting because my brain was in like Ocean's universe, I was expecting them to like at some point have hired that actor or something to do a bit. Yeah, and, yeah. And I always expect when I'm like in heist movies, when I'm presented with information that it's like, this is important. This will come back later. It's everything is part of a puzzle that you are yeah. trying to solve along with the characters. So it was weird that they left that and, and many other threads just kind of like hanging. Like the dogs were just kind of like, That idea left hanging, never really became a thing other than one joke about left Ear not liking dogs, because also, admittedly, because like the entire heist goes out the window. Yeah. Yeah. At a point, they plan a heist that that they just like don't do because they're like, "Oh shit, there's a party across the street. We didn't have any backup plans for this." And you're like,
0: "Danny Ocean would have gone headfirst into that party."
2: That's what I kept thinking is like the in the Ocean's universe. They would have like they've done way, way more complicated shit on way less resources and way less planning. Just like, all right, we have contingency. There are no backup plans here in the Marky Mark universe. No backup plan. You had one backup plan and that backup plan appeared to be drive a car into his house.
0: All right. So we're going to drive a car into a house. (laughs) Then we're going to have the safe drop through three floors and into the water. Then we're going to unload all of the bars out of the safe in the water. (laughs) <laughs> Mark, there's there's no, no water, water underneath his house. He might be Italian, dumb Basketball. <laughs> yeah. Okay, uh, what if we drive the safe out to the Pacific and drop it in the water, and then well, we can get it out. On... In
1: the water, Mark.
2: Charlie, no. <laughs> uh, okay. That's more complicated.
0: Uh. <laughs> Yeah, it's dumb. But <laughs> the other thing that's crazy about this is Seth Green's like I've developed an algorithm to hack into the, <laughs> to hack into the the traffic system in Los Angeles and it's like I I'm no expert on anything, but I'm fairly certain that traffic lights are controlled by roadway weight and sensors underneath the roads based on how like where where cars are. So yes.
1: some, some intersections are, some intersections are not.
0: But in 2003, was all of LA controlled by math? I don't think so. I mean, I
2: don't know if it's an algorithm, but it is like, there is oversight and you can't, there's something to override. They, I do buy that there's something to override. Yeah, like, My thing about that is like, if you have the skill to do that, you have the skill to hack into a lot fancier shit than that. And you should just, do you don't that. need to hack into the LA transit system. You can just like steal money. Just log into the ATM and just like make it give you money. Or just like, yeah.
0: It's like, why don't you just like steal the money from his account?
2: Yeah. I feel like that's easier. I feel like that's so much easier is just take the money from his bank account. Yeah. They even do that. And now you see me like, come on. It's not that hard. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Those oh, well, dirtbag well. magicians did it. <laughs> we can do
2: it. Ian and I watched both uh, TV movies and uh, I want all heists to involve magicians now.
1: I mean, listen, I got Rex for you. Uh, <laughs> Yo, I love it. Straight garbage. Um, yes. Two quick things. Yes. Um, when, while they're sending Stella in as a cable person, um, Rob has been ragging on... Uh, Stella, the entire movie so far being real misogynist and bullshit. I mean, obviously he's just constantly making her. Hey, um, about- And then, like, this moment is the o- is like the only softness you see, and it's like very, it's like odd, it's sort of jarring because mm-hmm. the entire movie has no sensitivity at all. But then, like, Jason Statham turns his like baby blues on the camera and goes, "I think you're real brave." And I was like, "Wow, golly <laughs>
2: <Stella>, gee." <laughs> Even that, I was like, that's condescending. You wouldn't say that yeah. to a man. True. They would just say up dirt on it. It's also like, <laughs> it also comes across like, oh, you're real brave to go into the situation where I know you're going to get sexually harassed by my ex, like my ex uh, co-worker. Yeah. None of them thought that was going to happen. You got the word co-worker, Ian. <laughs> Ian just looked at me like I was crazy. I lost the word.
0: Well, I'm just more interested now in a movie where handsome Rob and Steve used to date. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But, yeah, so she goes in there, gets immediately harassed by Ed Norton.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He like fixed. a lot.
2: Like, like a lot. Like, also starts nagging her, like, you're too hot to be have this stupid job. <laughs> yeah.
0: Like, yeah. I thought you had to be, like, a gross 500-pound awful human being to be a cable person. You're, like, a hot lady. What are you doing here? <laughs> like
1: Thank God.
0: But, again, oh, he's yeah. in full scumbag mode. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, he's like wearing a silk robe or something. <laughs> like,
0: awesome. But he's. <laughs> this is where you realize that, like, what has he done with the money? He's been selling off the gold bars for like
1: one by one for
0: cash, yeah, and like smaller deals, yeah, like and,
1: a couple all the time. This one, and, like, very sweet, somewhat anarchist, somewhat conspiracy theorist Russian man.
0: Yeah, Ukrainian. Ukrainian man. These these guys are like the. Uh, deus ex machina of the movie even though they're like the most pointless and nothing characters in this film it's literally it just his
1: monologue the, the the gold guys monologues are hilarious they have absolutely no bearing on the story except that one of them gets him killed but
0: was Peter i Spoon- love the
1: conspiracy theories that come out of his mouth yeah He's like talking about how like JFK was assassinated and blah, blah, blah. And he's talking about like Columbus being terrible. And I was like, yeah, right on.
0: (laughs) He's two seconds away. Like that dude actually started QAnon.
1: No, no, he's, he's part of the good conspiracy theorists who are just like, God, what if we just like took over the means of production?
0: Yeah. He was just like, you Americans, you, uh, you don't like it when we talk bad about America, do you? (laughs) And they're like, "Yuri, get out of here."
2: And he's like, "We should union." Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: But um, yeah. So uh, Ed Norton sexually harass her uh, to the point where she's like, "Yeah, sure, I'll go on a date with you, so that I can like stab your eye out or whatever bullshit thing." Um
2: yeah. Being the main like. They have to get him out of the house. So the original plan is that whenever the date is going to be, that's when they're going to do the con.
0: But they can't because there's a party there. So instead, Which we they go. Somehow,
2: on- never fucking planned for.
0: So like- instead, they go on a date. There's no for no conti- like.
1: Con movies are always by contingencies. Con movies and school movies, always something goes wrong like this, but then they usually are like, oh, such and such is going on. And it never goes, huh, and they're like, we're going to plan B. It's like, all right. We'll they <laughs> had no plan B. They were just like, oh. well, like, like, cool. You know. Stella, don't put
2: on a dress. You got to go on a date with an asshole.
0: Well, which is crazy to me because she was at the house to try and break into the she house. She was
1: going to just stand him up.
0: That's dumb. But then,
1: yes, yeah. And then they're like, oh, fuck, we need him to ask you out again, which means that you have to attend the first time. Ugh. 2003 and you can't just, like, text, sorry, I'm sick.
0: So she goes on a date, and because Edward Norton's not a complete fucking idiot, he's like, wait <laughs> a minute, I know you. You're well, also, so she, she says
1: her father's catchphrase, that you hear the father say to Steve in, like, the opening sequence. You're like, cool. So, like, he knows...
0: Well, and I like the fact that they don't drag this on. I like that Ed Norton is just kind of like an impatient asshole. He's just kind of like, "Uh, yeah, I know who you are. You're trying to fucking pull one over on me, right? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) fuck you. Get out of my house. And and here comes Marky Mark, who's like... They were
2: all just waiting in the restaurant.
0: Yeah, they were getting a bite. Yeah, they were
2: getting
1: their to-go order. Yeah, Uh, they were keeping an eye on whatever the fuck this was. Yeah. And then uh, Charlie, aka Mark Wahlberg, gets to punch him. Stella is mad because you
0: know, she wanted to patriarchy. punch
1: him. Well, she patriarchy.
2: to Punch him. She like screams, and they hold her back from punching him. And no one in the restaurant makes any any movement. <laughs> but then when he when he
1: actually they're gets like punched, Is that
0: Edward Norton and Charlize <laughs> Theron.
1: And then wow, you
0: won an Oscar in like three months. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
1: and then they so the men have like a confrontation scene talking like talking big talk and then we go back to another uh Mark Welber walking in on Charlie's uh hotel room with no key and no hell- way to get in how did he get in maybe that's his specialty he picks locks
0: maybe I don't know he's like a pickpocket lock pick lock I guess he's just like an
2: old-fashioned like cat burglar like that's his thing I guess
0: certainly not a gentleman thief it's
2: definitely not a gentleman um, Certainly not. No one um, in this film is a gentleman thief. They do not deserve that. No,
1: there's no, none of them. Um, and this is the scene that exists specifically to try and set up the end game, which continues to reinforce my theory that they were teenagers together. Um, because at the end of that scene, he gives her a forehead kiss. And I think that is straight. In, unless they have known each other for upwards of two decades, not, no relationship could they have where that would be normal.
0: No, I agree.
1: Yeah. Like, no, no. Unless he sat on the couch with her in their brownstone after she got dumped by her first boyfriend and, like, she cried on his shoulder. Like, otherwise, there's no reason. Yeah, it's either that or, like...
2: Yeah, that's the only way I can see this working because the other way around, if they do barely know each other, then it's, like, a forehead kiss is definitely a rejection of anything ever happening between the yeah. two. Yeah, the
1: it forehead, forehead kiss is, like, that. not the entire movie of, like, the frame of the last year has set up solely, like, them being interested in each other. But, like, none of that, all of that is decades-old history, obviously. This is my theory. Thank you for continuing to support it. Well, and also that resentment
2: (laughs) he has towards him about, like, I always felt like my dad thought that you were more his kid than I was, even though I was his kid. I think that yeah. that definitely like that sh- that tells me that they definitely definitely yeah. have because sort of that's like
1: that's a deep seated thing that starts when when you're a kid that can't just like that's a year start when like you were like twenty five and like suddenly your dad doesn't pay attention to you more and you're like what the fuck it's not like yeah I I mean yeah
2: yeah I mean because otherwise I think she'd have the resentment of like my dad is constantly leaving me and my life to be in this crew and it's but it's not that he keeps leaving to be in this crew it's he keeps leaving to choose you yeah So she knows him she knew her relationship his like his relationship with her dad and was fully yeah. aware of like the the nuances of like no it was always you that that kept drawing him away so it had to be a past past relationship
1: i don't know if they were like yes. 12 but i do think like i mean not like 12 that's like a generic whatever 17. age it was but it's like they had a they had their they had awkward years together in a way that created a, a kinship that makes the forehead kiss not weird. I just don't. He has been silent.
0: <laughs> I just don't buy Mark Wahlberg as a a romantic lead.
1: <laughs> no, oh, I mean, there's that, but like we're gloss We've moved on from that. <laughs>
0: But that's why I like I don't I don't mind (laughs) like I I, I actually kind of I would prefer like especially if they did not end up spoiler alert they end up together but like especially if a
1: boat in Venice great
0: but they never like but but we never see them kiss we never see them like they're like you know he's got his arm around her in a boat in Venice but that's it like they never have another like intimate moment in this movie which is fascinating to me. Yeah, and I think if we if you really kind of look back through Wahlberg's IMDb, there's not a ton of like, yeah, Mark Wahlberg, what a charming romantic lead in Sexual this movie. Sexual
2: energy, Mark Wahlberg. No, like,
0: well, because it's like, when, yeah, it's like when I think of Mark Wahlberg in any sense of that, I think of Boogie Nights. But like, the the point of that movie is like kind of how much so much of like the the romance is taken out of those sexual experiences yeah. in the in that movie. Uh, yeah. the, and the relationships I think are even are so much more complicated in that movie. Mm-hmm. But, and it's, but more familial. and it's a much better movie. <laughs> but also like Yeah, I don't know. Like, there's there there's something like you reach a certain threshold with the amount of muscle you put on your body, and I'm I watch you on screen and I just go, I don't buy that you would be with another person because you care too much about the way you look. Like, there's something about like I don't buy like you know like they try to make like the Rock and Karen Gillan a thing in like the Jumanji movies, and I'm like, this doesn't work. This doesn't work. I don't buy the Rock as a sexual being. This doesn't work.
2: See, I think that works because Jumanji has the specific understanding of they're a different person in that body yes it's not literally the guy that the rock is like the character the game character with that game character it's like oh yeah it's a nerdy kid that is inside the rock
0: oh you mean dr bravestone yeah it's,
2: yeah. Not, it's not literally <laughs> dr bravestone <laughs> i think that that's the only time weirdly that the, it has worked for me for the rock like, but if you see like Hobbs and Shaw, I'm like, nah.
0: Not nah, acting. <laughs> <laughs> about that life. Vanessa
2: Kirby and The Rock, nah, dog. But on
0: the other hand, what a wild choice! Holy shit! But on the other Vanessa
1: hand, Kirby,
0: Jason Statham, fucks.
1: Yeah, yes.
0: that guy fucks. Not
1: diggity dog. Yeah.
2: Goddamn. I think I would prefer this movie if Jason Statham was playing the Ed Norton character. That's my hot take.
0: Who is Ed Norton playing?
1: I don't know. And Norton is not innocent He didn't want to be in in the first place. Yeah, this is a scenario. <laughs> really? It's free to him? be
0: him. I'm, I'm just going well, to put this out there. You...
1: Over for Edward Norton. And Mark Wahlberg was supposed to play the Handsome Rob character. And then they're like, no, you should play the Charlie character. So he goes and does the Handsome Rob thing. And then we get a real romantic lead for her. Yeah. She deserves, it. she deserves it.
0: I'll be honest. You take away Norton. I walk. I don't watch this movie. <laughs> I need Norton. I Dis- love Norton.
1: Disagree. Disagree. Hard <laughs> disagree for
0: me. Okay. Norton fucking Thanks, he just gets phone in his performance. He fucking zooms in his performance, and I'm like, you know what? I'm here.
1: I'm here. I'm with
0: popcorn. I love it. Um,
1: with you, Lauren.
0: <clears throat> um. Yeah. So
1: they. All so this- he's gonna. Leave. Steve is gonna leave because he got spooked, and so they're gonna plan. So they're like, oh, we can boost it in transit. Um, yeah. couple of things we didn't discuss this before when Lyle broke the algorithm for the first time he did a demonstration in which he did like seven consecutive car crashes holy shit and I think that is so hazardous it's I played for laughs I cannot believe that no one died I cannot believe that no one was maimed the amount of times like I understand like that's the theory like people understand what's going on there like well this is like People who wanted to go see the Hollywood side that are from Iowa that are getting like mowed down in front of the Oriental Theater because it's LA and we need you to know that. Yeah. I also am confused
2: about the test because it's treated as a successful test. But let's look at this. (laughs) Yeah, here's the thing. It's successful
0: for these monsters. This
2: is the test. The test is I can get you green lights all along the route that you're going. Therefore, I will clear your path so we can make a clean getaway. So he's like, okay, example, I can get you green lights. And instead of just doing green lights in the way that they need the green lights to go, he just gives green lights everywhere and causes a crash that would definitely get in your way, if not end up you crashing. So I look at that and I go, that test didn't work. You need to be able to turn on not all the green lights, but specific green lights. And instead they're like, seems legit. We definitely need that. No, I'm just saying he didn't do his job. Why are you acting like that was a successful test?
0: Can Ed Norton play that role? Sure. There we go.
2: I'll
1: allow it.
0: Can Ed Norton play Stella and Stella play that role?
1: I mean, give Charlie something to do, honestly. Um,
0: Let her blow the clothes off of Kelly Brook.
1: I mean, yeah, I'm in. They find out that he's going to leave sometime in a morning, and they say he's on a train at four. They don't say four tomorrow. So presumably, <laughs> like, four is today. And they put this plan together in, like, an afternoon. And I'm like, cool, so if it took you this long, is this how long it took you to do your other plan? How come this one worked and the other ones didn't? Um, but I do love the actual honest-to-goodness moment of non-toxic masculinity, which is when Mark Wahlberg and Joseph are hanging in the uh, in the underground way. Yeah. And they're like, I love you, man.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Wide shot, very quiet. Just
2: like... That was one of my favorite parts of the movie, not going to lie. Oh, yeah. I also feel like we need to mention there's another team member that they bring in for the smallest stipend of Wrench. just like $10,000 to like redo all of their cars and be part of the plan he's being vastly underpaid for the work that he's doing they say
0: we need you to fucking like reinforce three mini coopers that they can carry
2: in like a week
0: yeah so that they can carry five tons of gold between the three of them how much you can drive really
1: fast yeah we're
0: gonna pay you ten thousand dollars for everything (laughs) it's like that won't even cover parts like that won't cover (laughs) gas what are we talking about
1: and like, we're going to have you come back. He's like, cool, but I need to be, like, in on it, you know? Yeah. And so they stick him on the Pepsi truck in front of, literally in front of the Oriental Theater. I've never seen traffic like that on that stretch in front of the Oriental Theater. <laughs> and he is oh, no on one the Pepsi truck. had control of the,
2: the stoplights then. <laughs> True. That's
1: but, they,
0: but they're able to, at this point, because also, we should mention, when uh, Norton's new plan goes into effect, there are three trucks that leave from his place. So they and don't know. which
1: truck has a motorcycle.
0: Each truck has a motorcycle. So we don't know which truck has the gold. I really do as kind of like silly as it is. I really do like the way they figure it out just yeah. by oh, seeing. That's
1: like the smartest bit of the entire movie. Like bar yeah. none. Yeah. That's when the bullshit.
0: When they're just like, Oh, this truck is, is like, this is the only truck that's weighed down. Mm-hmm. Or this yeah. is the truck that's weighed down the most, so it's got to be in this truck. Yeah, so- the only
2: thing I don't like about that is that like it has an algorithm to be like, oh, it's blank inches off the ground. Like all the computer goes like the do 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 do, and it's like you can <laughs> you can see that that one's lower than the other two. <laughs> like, you can you can visually tell. There's a, there's a- basically. What we're saying is Lyle's the fucking worst. Why is he here? Lyle, you have eyeballs. You don't need that. Like yeah. the guy.
0: Yeah, you know, because they're also using those trucks from Who Framed Roger Rabbit that have got human faces on the front that are like.
2: <laughs> also, I feel like I need to, we need to circle back around. to. Doesn't it Lyle at one point, and correct me if I'm crazy, say that he used some, one of, one of these pieces of like, Hacking to hack his ex girlfriend. He's been
0: tapping his ex girlfriend's phone for years. He says years. He's a monster.
1: And this is treated as a a monster for several reasons, but that one is the highest. They like high five him for that too.
2: (laughs) They're like, yeah, (laughs) baby, exes. Am I right? (laughs) I I that was upsetting to me, and I I really don't like Lyle. I don't care for him.
1: Why are you using public
2: Wi-Fi? Why are you at the airport?
1: Yeah, they also did some interesting cutting. They clearly didn't get enough shots of Seth Green's like close-ups because when they're doing the original planning, when he's hacking the system, they're using close-ups of him at the baggage carousel because it has like the arms and stuff. Oh, <laughs> I, was, yeah. I, I was, like, I know that I know where he is at the end of the movie, so I'm like. Mm. No, that's a shot that they caught for the finale and then they realized they didn't have enough close-ups of him acting, so they're just gonna put it in there and pretend no one noticed. Amazing. Oh,
0: that's
1: great. I did not
0: notice that. That's great. <laughs> that's
1: fucking hilarious. Um yeah, so they're yeah, he, he could have easily they start seen... the con, they find the person, they find the truck mm-hmm. and they're like, We're gonna start the truck. Da, 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 da. And they find the truck. Can you imagine what's like for the other two trucks that just got to like drive to the airport unimpeded.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they're like. I mean, like it, it, feels, it feels fucking fruitless. It's not like anybody cares about our truck anyway. But like, <laughs>
1: okay, yeah. so it's a th- job.
0: Thanks to Wrench, they're able to pull off the same move because again, Wahlberg just got one
1: plan. <laughs> yeah, what? He's a one-trick pony, that boy.
0: Um, but we're about to get into one of the coolest shots in the movie, mm-hmm. where there's this car chase happening they get kind of like underneath these tunnels in Los Angeles Norton is in a helicopter and the helicopter actually flies beneath the bridge Mm -hmm. and is like facing off against the car that Wahlberg is in Mm -hmm. and it's an actual helicopter under an actual bridge facing off against an actual car and it looks great.
1: Mm -hmm. Oh it's cool as hell. Cinematically that scene cool as hell so cool. Story wise, he's clearly not driving that helicopter. So mm-hmm. what is he? There's no, A, no directions to his uh, pilot. And B, why is that pilot doing this? I feel like they would bail.
0: I feel like he's a robot, obviously.
1: Yeah. Um, but before, that's after they get the gold. Before they get the gold, they drive on the sidewalk and almost mow down pedestrians <clears throat> and then drive down like several flights of stairs which would kill a suspension, especially on a finicky car like the uh, like they, a you know, Mini Cooper. But they were testing all of that.
2: That's part of the mods that they had put in the car. I'm just saying it checks out. That was part of the 10000 I mean, they have, the, they have
1: the ability to drive up and drive down, but I don't necessarily know if the like percussion of the stairs was tested fully for exactly. how many stairs they go down. Exactly. Um And then they have 90 seconds between trains. I cannot believe in the world that these... Shitty ass LA public transportation underground has trains frequent enough that there's only 90 seconds between trains. A nope. and B, they almost hit the train trying to get down the tunnel. Yeah. Um,
2: but it was rad as fuck. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was rad
2: as fuck It yeah. was rad as fuck Oh like counter argument Uh, That was rad as fuck cool. I loved it <laughs> uh, My favorite part of the movie Was when they're doing The chase through the tunnels And like the cars are driving up On the sides of the tunnels And like Yeah like, wanna, like, like the circle It was so
1: cool looking Yeah See my favorite bit was They went out They stopped Jason David turned the car around And said open the door oh, <laughs> He opened the it. door Man. Loved it, and then presumably they continue to drive through the streets of Los Angeles with no car door on his side. Loved it.
0: It's awesome. No notes. Long story no notes. short, they get to uh, they get to a building. Uh, Norton gets out, finds wrench, and is essentially like, "All right, my guy. Like, I'm gonna pay you a shit ton. Of- yeah, I'm gonna pay you a shit ton of money, and you now work for me." He's like, "Cool, sounds good." And you think he's, this is going to be a real turncoat situation, but no. a door They op-
2: didn't pay Brent enough in the beginning, and they should have. This is yep. why you pay freelancers what they're worth.
0: Yeah. That's
2: and and then uh,
0: door opens up, and uh, Mark Wahlberg and the crew are, are right there.
2: And then we have, our- and they bring in the thinking? Ukrainians to who presumably torture Ed Norton to death. Torture, <laughs>
0: yeah. Him, yeah, yeah, because he kills. The, the
1: really nice man the nice
0: guy the q and i the the, the, the,
1: the menti gold guy who has opinions <laughs> about <Columbus. laughs> Yep, because he had to ask
2: questions about yeah. that lady on yeah. the, that's imprinted on all the bars yeah yeah he asked a question but he's like oh there's a lady on there and he's like i have to kill you now that plumb, <laughs> and you're like, again okay.
0: the, the all of edward norton's stuff like independent of the group dynamic in this movie in my like watching it i'm just like this makes no fucking sense. It's so dumb. This is so stupid. Also, when you
2: revealed how much money is left, he basically is like living comfortably and has just spent what would have been his share. He spent
0: like $7 million. <laughs>
2: which would have been his share. He could have lived comfortably just fine. Maybe that's the lesson of the movie is like you shouldn't take more than you can yeah. use. But yeah, I thought that was funny. And it's like, bro, fuck you. <laughs> and then they
0: all, they all get what? They wanted.
1: Uh-huh. Stella gets to punch him in the face first, and then they will get what they wanted.
0: Yep. Stella does get to punch him in the face. It's the most acting Norton does in this movie. I feel like he actually gave a couple, he actually gave some energy on these takes.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's like, no, don't kill me.
0: Yeah. So I, I yeah, I'm just such a fan of Norton.
2: <laughs> and then Charlie and
1: Stella end up together happily ever- in Venice. Zombies. Just like yeah, because after her
0: father was killed on a job in Venice, she wants to go back. Yeah, she wants to, she wants yeah. to, you know, complete the fun fun fact. I don't know if because none of us watched the first the original movie. Do you know who plays uh John Bridger in the first movie?
2: No.
0: Noel Coward.
2: Oh
1: hey.
0: Yes, Noel Coward plays all that right, role. All right. Um choice. Okay. Yeah, right. Um yeah I actually the stuff I was reading apparently there's like barely anything in common with the nineteen sixty nine italian yeah. like
1: yeah
0: it's essentially like it's similar in name only and reading a little bit of like the 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 writers for this movie the power the the powers couple it's a, a, a husband wife team um who also a woman
1: was part of writing this Jesus yep
0: yep um therapy. <laughs> But they had Does also did she
1: write in her bra.
0: This was like the most. <laughs> is she the
1: only one? Is she the, is she the only one she's doing? Is she trapped in her house and just her bra? Yeah, she's like
2: it's relatable to me.
0: Yeah, Wayne and Donna Powers. They they've only written a few like major motion pictures. Uh they wrote uh the horror film Valentine in 2001. If you ever saw that, it's not very good. And then they wrote the incredible. 1999 classic deep blue sea um mm-hmm. which is a great movie uh but
1: all right um, we'll
0: do it on this podcast soon it's oh, incredible sure. it's
2: only a matter of time. uh mm-hmm. smart sharks it's a,
0: <laughs> we're gonna t- create a cure for alzheimer's and test it on sharks and turn them into geniuses it's what could an, possibly go wrong so those people wrote this movie and okay. uh you
1: got those people in front of Jurassic Park. They'd solve that real
0: quick. They did the Alex Garland effect for Annihilation where they watched the first movie once. And then we're like, we're never going to watch it again. And we're just <laughs> going to write our movie based on like ideas that we have. What
1: we can remember.
0: Yeah, pretty much. They're like, we don't want it to be the same. Um, because this had just been owned by uh, the studio by Paramount. And they were just kind of like, well, I guess we'll, we'll do a remake. Like remakes are, we're kind of starting to happen in the early mm-hmm. 2000s. Like, Guess we'll do a remake of The Italian Job Similarly also the IMDb uh, Track of like uh, Why Edward Norton hated Being on this movie was because Apparently he signed a three picture deal when he Was doing Primal Fear in 1996 Uh, And he just kind of Kept like kind of poo-pooing Scripts until they were like look dude You gotta fucking choose a script soon Like or your deal's gonna go up and you're gonna Lose a shit ton of money and he was like fine I guess I'll do this (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, seems like this may be a little bit His own fault Because maybe 100%. if he knew that if he didn't do anything else He would have to be involved He might have picked some other movies
0: Maybe, <laughs> maybe He's had a crazy career And yeah. I will forever love him Because he's in like two or three of my favorite movies of all time But mm-hmm. also
1: I didn't decide him, but that's okay
0: The, dude, the dude's the got, got dude uh, got some issues When it comes to movies <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah do we want to guess the budget of this Ooh, film?
1: Oh, oh, oh. oh, Lordy. Oh, 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 oh. Ooh, Lordy. Remind oh, me
0: 180 in to-
1: 2013. Close. 140. 140. I'm a bitch I worked yep. on that. Okay, 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 okay. okay. Inception oh, cost 160
0: million in 2010.
1: Okay, okay, okay. And 2003,
2: 90 million.
0: 90 million? Mm-hmm. Okay. Lena? A
1: lot of practical effects. We destroy a lot of cards.
0: Um, 102.
1: 102. 60 million dollars. Hey, I was curious. Hey, which
0: I was surprised. Hey. I was surprised it was that low.
2: Not a ton of visual effects. Yeah. yeah. All
0: right. That's now, terrible. how much does this movie make? Mm.
2: Well,
1: it didn't get a sequel,
0: didn't get a sequel,
1: but it was in talks to do a sequel and then like shenanigans cut it down. So it did well enough that they were gonna be a sequel, but there was going to be a sequel. Okay going
2: to be a sequel i'll say a hundred million
0: hundred million
1: mm-hmm. 120 mm.
0: lena you win this one it made 169 million dollars
1: oh wow uh, so yeah there, yes of course there was a sequel don't be ridiculous
0: yeah, apparently, even as what? even as late as like 2017, Mark Wahlberg was like, yeah, we're still going to do a sequel to the Italian job. People are like, nobody like, cares. Mark, no one asked
1: you about this. <laughs> no he's, one asked you about this. He's that also something to do. <laughs>
0: it's It's genuinely one of my favorite things about Mark Wahlberg is if you were to ask Mark Wahlberg or if you were to look up articles about Mark Wahlberg any movie he's ever done still has a sequel possibly coming out. He's like, yeah, we're still going to do the departed too. It's going to be great. And it's like legit. Nobody wants that. Mark The
2: tide has turned on you so much. It's not going to happen. The (laughs) departed
0: is one of my favorite movies of all time. It's a garbage film. I love it so much. And I never want to see anyone else do anything (laughs) with with that property.
1: I have so little memory of that movie.
0: I watched it it at
1: midnight on a bus driving to Paris. you oh, watch yeah. <laughs> it, it makes, anytime
0: i feel homesick for for boston i rewatch it and oh it,
1: that's right that's true that's
0: knowing true. that a lot of it was shot in new york <laughs> it's
1: sheer madness i tell you and that
0: there is no there is no way in hell any any cop would be able to afford an apartment that overlooks the state building it would never fucking happen but whatever um
1: okay like everyone lives on the south side or out in jamaica plain don't be absurd
0: Exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, that's, that's the Italian job. Uh, the other fun fact I found out about this movie, which I feel like I knew, but I, have never gone on it before. There was a, a ride in like uh, oh, yeah. a park. They did an Italian job stunt course where it was like a, uh, a virtual car track thing cool where you were like you and three other people were in like a mini cooper car and then there was like a virtual reality <laughs> thing and it kind of like drove you around or whatever
1: cool oh, you know because
0: rides um
1: yeah 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 that's the italian job that's
0: okay. cool. the, yeah. one, the one fun fact that i heard was um uh Moses,
1: he didn't he was the only person who didn't have a driver's license to oh come yeah something so they gave him lessons to do driving. And then I read that and I was like, he doesn't do any driving in this movie. Zero they filmed a scene of him doing driving because apparently Jason Statham got shot in the original version of the movie. And they just cut that whole sequence out. Like for a while, Jason Statham was shot and, and he was doing the driving. And I was Wait, like, Wait, what? They cut all of it
0: out. They cut out all because can those can
1: you imagine like having to learn how to drive for this movie and doing all the bits? filming all of the driving probably being very stressed and then you get into a movie and they cut it all isn't that what happened
2: to robert pattinson and tenet <laughs> <laughs> oh like, yeah he
0: was like he was like i took like so many driving courses because i didn't know how to drive and then like they cut to a thing with christopher nolan and he's like yeah his stunt driver does all the driving in the movie <laughs> he's
2: like he's like i did all these lessons to learn how to drive backward because you know if you've seen the trailer for tenet people are driving backward and he's like yeah and i made my like the person who's teaching me like i made them throw up so they were like Maybe not. <laughs> so like, he's like, I tried. I get my I tried medal. The
0: other the other trivia <laughs> fact that I loved reading was all of them had to take like two weeks of driving courses with like stunt drivers mm-hmm. to learn how to do it. And apparently all, like Jason Statham, who's gone on to make several car movies, came, like, who was just like, yeah, no, th- hands down, Charlize was the best driver out of any of us. And she apparently yes! got several uh, speeding tickets over the course of this movie because when she would drive home from the set, she would just be going super fast because she'd be in that mode. She's, God, a,
1: she's such a queen. We she's love so her.
0: Cool. All right. So in 2021, summer. would we recommend Yikes. the Italian like job? <laughs> Lena, I'm going with you first. What do you say? This movie is 18 years old. Feel that in your soul.
1: Yeah, I don't like that at all. Movie <laughs> killer of war. I don't, again, don't like that at all. I mean, here's the thing what i and i enjoyed completely different things about it watching it now than watching it then if you have watched it before go back do a rewatch you will a be exposed to the weird toxic masculinity that we were all subjected to in 2003 and b you will find other things that you find more interesting mm-hmm. yeah that, but like if you've never seen it you don't need to see it there are better heist movies let it go mm-hmm. let it fade off into the ether yeah
2: i would say if you are uh, a heist junkie and you're like, I've gone through like everything else that I have. Like I've gone through all of the oceans movies multiple times. I've gone through like every other heist movie I can find. All that's left is the Italian job. Then like go for it. Like if you're still like great for a heist and you just like, Mm -hmm. you gotta have it. You're Jones in for a heist, which like I have found myself in that situation many times. If you know me, you know that I love a heist. So like, while I admit that a lot of this movie is garbage, it's like pizza. It's just like, it's still a heist. Like, mm. yeah, it's garbage, but I'm still yeah. watching people steal things. So yeah, I, I recommend it. It's like
0: the dominoes <laughs> yeah. of heist movies. I don't, I'm
2: never not gonna recommend a heist movie. When the day that, when that day yeah. comes, that movie has to be extraordinarily bad. The bar is very low for me. <laughs> um, so I- I have high uh, standards as a heistian. Yeah, with all of that in mind, um, yeah, no, I recommend it. If they do a yeah. sequel, could there please, please be a train heist?
1: That's all I ask. Ooh. Could there be a train heist and could there be like one more woman? Yeah. yeah. Or like two, maybe three? Maybe three? If this movie does not pass the Bechdel test, if only because there's not even two women in a scene together. No.
0: Yeah, I'd love to see what F. Gary Gray could do directing a sequel to this now with all of the toys and connections yeah. that he has as a filmmaker. Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like it's it's so weird because I feel like in 2003, this movie really did live in the middle of two of my favorite franchises of all time, the Oceans movies mm-hmm. and the Fast and the Furious movies. Yes. And like right in the yeah, center yeah. is the Italian it job. Is a
1: cross-section, yeah.
0: It's like not as like adrenaline pumping and fast paced as the Fast and the Furious movies. And it's not as cool and well plotted Mm-hmm. and fun as the oceans movies mm-hmm. um but yeah i'm, I'm kind of on board with both of you where i'm I, I really like what you said lena where it's like if you have already seen it and you're interested then yeah like and it's like free on something like what do you have to lose like yeah throw it on in the background it's fine there are a couple really i think the specifically the boat chase in venice in the beginning yeah and the um so
1: for- the car stuff at the end is pretty cool
0: for me, I actually, we didn't really talk about it too much because there was nothing really to talk about in the scene, but there's, like, the test scene where they set up an obstacle course.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and Charlie's throws down.
0: Yeah. And Charlie's drives through this obstacle course, and you can tell it's really her driving, and it's, like, a mini Cooper going through, like, you know, going upstairs and all these things because they build essentially a model of the interior of Norton's house uh, in this warehouse for her to practice in. I think those two sequences are both really good. Mm-hmm. Like, and not even just kind of like a really good for this movie. I'm like, these are, these are really good sequences. Yeah.
2: yeah. Um, the, but as a
0: movie. Wonderful. Yeah. It's like, I would recast half of it completely overhaul the scripts. So what
2: I'm hearing is people like the scenes where people
1: don't talk.
0: I don't like people <laughs> yeah, talking. Yeah.
1: That's the thing is like, it's a beautiful movie. Could do without the words.
0: Yeah. <laughs> But Norton's mustache is worth it for me. Uh, and like oh, we yeah. always do at this time, is there a modern analog to the Italian job, Lauren? I'm gonna oh, start with you
2: me first. Okay, I, I was gonna. You already said that.
0: I'm twisting it. I
2: was gonna do mine based on whatever Lena didn't choose because last time we did the same. We both did the same. <laughs> so I kind of want to throw it to Lena because I feel like we might have the same one again, and I have a backup.
0: Lena, are you also so gonna I do like, Paddington so too? I, <laughs>
1: So I'd like to give Lena um, the first dibs.
0: All right, Lena, go for it.
1: Um, okay, so I have two, one dumb and one real, as per usual. Um, well, best dreams um, both of mine. <laughs> I swear to uh, God. One of them is truly, like, the best part of that this movie is Charlie's. Mm-hmm. But this is her, like, in her baby, like, first-generation Pokemon version of her before she, like, decided not to give a fuck and decided to, like, make her own movies and do her own shit. So if you want to see like where she at now, go watch The Old Guard. It's truly the slappy. It's like the, it slaps so hard. It's mm-hmm. so great. Ten out of ten. She's the one leading the crew as opposed to being a side character. Her, she is surrounded by non-toxic masculinity and like community. And she fights hard and it's great and it makes me happy. Um, my real one is truly like I have high standards about heists and cons because of this. You all need to. Everyone listening, and also the two of you, need to go watch the TV series *Leverage*. Um, yeah, yay! I, I love *Leverage*. Um, <coughs> I first of all, I own the first series on DVD, Ian. So we'll do a swap. Really? Um, <laughs> yes, I'm about to finish. To I'm
0: about to finish rewatching *The Wire*, so I'm looking for something new.
1: Yeah. I think I have it on DVD. Anyways, um, this is like truly like uh, no holds barred, bar none. My favorite one of my favorite TV series of all time. It has squads, um, it has deep like found family. It has it's about a team of thieves, um, headed by um, Timothy Hutton's character, who used to be a good guy, and then he gets this group of thieves together and like goes and they find people who've been wronged by like. Goliath and corporations, like that, and then basically cons all of those like CEOs out of their money and all of their reputations, destroys the company and like gets like justice done for those people who have been wronged. Um, there's actually, there is one that's about them going undercover as magicians, Lauren. Wait, how did I miss that one? I don't know how you miss it, but that's the thing also is like it's such a, especially for like the squadron of people that are all our friends who are actors and stuff. It is five actors having the most fun they've ever had in their life every episode for five seasons That's because awesome. every because they're playing really good base characters and then every single one of those characters will take on a role or like have a con character and so it's like all of them are like this person's gonna get to be like a cowboy this episode. They're gonna do some dumb stuff. This one's gonna be a like they, my, one of my favorite ones in the first season is called The Wedding Job. They're all named like The Something Job. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is one where their family was done wrong by this mafia family, and the mafia boss's daughter's getting married. So they basically take over her wedding and use it to steal all of the mafia's money. And so like, Timothy Hunt's character plays the priest at the wedding, and just like wanders around wearing a vicar's collar for the entire thing. And one of them's a DJ, one of them's the caterer, the, uh, the thief girl. Um, is like the dress alterer. It's like, it's, it's all of them, it's always super constructed worlds and all of it is like, most of the villains are all taken from like, ripped from the headlines of just like, there's a ton of like Bernie Madoff-esque stuff that happens season too, but it's all like in reality and 90% of the time they're like, wow, that villain is super chill, chewy and like, they go ham. Hey, it's like, cool, we toned it down from the shit the real people say. <laughs> um, so that's great it's a lot of like co- communal like support so this is like all of that kind of like down with the ceos so that always is like very heartwarming um and then like they have a good hacker my favorite one of my favorite characters of the squad is um, the hacker al cardison this is um an actor named aldous hodge Love it. um he just oh, was in um one night in miami I have loved this man since this TV series came out in 2008. Lena and, and I, I bonded have been for waiting for people to get on my level. And like at, of the last three years, he's like skyrocketed and I'm so proud of him. Um, but like he was cast in this movie on his 21st birthday. So he was a baby in this movie and he's all, he was already like ready to throw down secondarily as a quadrilaterally, or whatever the sex, this is my monologue. Um, the guy who plays the hitter, so he does all of the fights. Um the actor's name is Christian Kane. He like does supernatural and all kinds, of, like he's a vast squadron of people. Um he's a well, he's a country He's best friends with Jensen Ackles. They're like bros. It's very strange. Um but Jackson he does all of his own fights. He does he had a stunt, like he had a stunt person, but genuinely they've said in interviews, like he came in for like one or two fights in the entire series. Like this guy did all of his own fights. You can tell the coverage is really cool um, for people who are interested in like building and reconstructing fights and like looking at styles. They use all kinds of styles. All Like that respect is super cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so highly recommend the TV show called Leverage. Also, it's getting a reboot. They're in filming right now. Um, and it's going to be on IMDb TV. Um, and it's- unreasonably excited. So it's like, it's maybe a little bit old because the first season is from 2008. Um, but I qualify it as being in time because the reboot is happening as it happens. And almost everyone except Timothy Hutton is coming back. So Oof. it's going to be awesome. Uh, everyone should go watch that. That is my monologue. I love that TV series so much. It, might be my favorite. it also has the best series finale I've ever seen. Like bar none, the best series finale, hundred percent. Damn.
0: Damn. All right. I just want
2: to throw my hat in the ring? I also love Eldis Hodge. He's fucking <laughs> awesome. He was also on Supernatural, which is the first time that I saw him.
1: Yeah, he's he also like
2: Friday Night Lights. Like yeah. he's got this like weird filmography. He was in he was in The Invisible Man earlier this year. That's right. Yeah, he, is, year.
0: he is uncomfortably large. He's a very movie. handsome
1: man. His he's very man. a very tall, very broad, very handsome man. Very handsome, man.
0: A man's torso is a dorito chip. Yeah. It is just
2: <laughs> Leverage is great. If you really love like the the parts of the oceans movies where they're like taking down people who like really deserve it rather than just out for themselves, that's kind of like, yeah, you want to go into, then leverage is a great place to go. Um, the, the episode that I always remember of leverage I just want to throw some love at is in season four. episode 12, it's called the office Job. Um, oh my God, I love The Office. <laughs> where they have to like infiltrate office. Of The Office. Yeah, Lena beat oh, me to nice. it. Yeah. Oh my God! I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. It basically is they're they're infiltrating an office yeah. documentary that is filming like The Office. Oh, that's funny. And so they the documentary
1: all, film crew is deranged.
2: Yeah, they have to do their heist while they are being filmed by the documentary crew, um and so trying to get around that as well and navigate that. Um, is super fun and they so they're full with like if you like the the kind of like monk or psych like vibes of like we're gonna do themed episodes uh it's also really great for that um so yeah i that was a bonus recommendation that i hadn't even thought of um my okay. recommendation um i have two um one's like a mini recommendation oceans eight is great we just rewatched it super fun i think like it's truly like all of the not really hate but just like people who were like it wasn't as good People can, you can fuck off. It's super fun.
0: They could make it's one great. movie a year for the rest of my life. I would see all of them in theaters. I do not care.
2: It's one of my best yeah. movie going experiences. I saw that movie in a movie theater that was completely full and had zero men in it. It was fantastic. It was the best experience. My I life. love it. I um, love it. But the other one I want to recommend, that's like my real recommendation. If you want uh, really like that a movie that is about the, um, the team dynamics of people coming together to pull off a heist that is part need and part revenge. Um, Widows. Uh, I just watched Widows recently. And I think that that is such an incredible, not only is it a very good heist, a very simple heist, but it's incredibly well executed and very smart. um, That also is about the care, very much about the characters first um, and balances the two incredibly well and is also just like, just incredibly well-crafted movie and incredibly underrated movie filled with amazing performances and filled with women doing incredible performances. So like also wanted to highlight heist movies that put women first. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Widows is, is truly just like an incredible, it's one of the best movies I've watched in quarantine. I loved it.
0: So good.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: I'm gonna be pretty boring. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna recommend uh, the, the Reunion of F. Gary Gray and Jason Statham and Charlize Theron and Cars. And I'm going to recommend The Fate of the Furious. Which I
2: think you've already recommended, but I'll allow it.
0: I don't know if I've recommended that one because that one is like...
2: You're just
1: recommending all the Fast and the Furious. Well, yeah. Because- no, okay. arguably you've recommended Paddington 2 like no less than four times. Well, it's So what do you have a leg to stand on? I'm just
2: saying that's what Paddington 2 deserves.
0: But admit it.
2: Maybe...
1: Maybe the Fate of the Furious is the Paddington Two of Ian's heart. Great, Ian, go ahead. I will
2: not interrupt you. <laughs>
0: it is not, but it's <laughs> it, it's very much in the middle of that franchise in terms of quality. But it's still like it was on TV like two weeks ago or so, and I hadn't really seen it since like when it first came out on streaming because we saw it in theaters. Yeah, and I like turned it on just like yeah, whatever. I'll turn on a bit of the Fate of the Furious. An hour and a half later, I'm like, this movie fucking rules. <laughs> it's so much fun. Great
1: time. <laughs> I
0: will watch these movies also, one a year until I die. Um, and yeah, that's my recommendation.
1: Good. Fantastic.
0: Uh, Lena, you got anything you want to plug? Uh,
1: no. Why would <laughs> I? don't. Watch the Vanishing... Listen to The Vanishing acts.
0: That's all I got. <laughs> and then watch it. Uh, Lauren, anything from you?
1: Uh, yeah, I want to plug
2: The Vanishing Act, um, which I plug every single time. Uh-huh. Um, in case you are, this is your first episode joining us. Ian and I- uh,
0: produce, <laughs> For all these big Italian job I heads. guess,
2: like for everyone yeah. who's films. Um, we also have a scripted podcast that is also available for free. Whenever you're listening to podcasts right now, you can find it right now. Um, we have a new set of episodes coming out right now. We're in the middle of our act two we have new characters we have a new setting we have brand new music and brand new actors um and we're very excited where that's going we're in the middle of production for our next stage of things we've got lots of announcements coming up um you can find us at vanishing pod on all socials basically and at vanishingpod.com um but that's that's a whole different type of podcast that we do that we also really love doing
1: so yeah, yeah. someone would with no stake in it yeah
0: it flaps Aww, <laughs> thank you <laughs> Uh, I just want to take the time to shout out uh, the living force, which is Eric's other podcast uh, mm-hmm. with you Go check them out uh, for all of your extended universe, star Wars needs. Uh, we've also uh, Lauren and I guessed it on a couple of other movie podcasts. We guessed mm-hmm. it on no highway option, which is a really, really fun movie podcast that compares movies to the pacifier. Highly recommend go checking them out. The
2: classic Vin Diesel
0: film. Yep. And then if you listened to our league of extraordinary gentlemen episode last week, you heard Madison R Jones and Mike Knoll from the equalizers podcast. Where uh, you go on to their show and you pitch a sequel or prequel to a movie that does not have a prequel or a sequel. And we got to do that for League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. They return the favor by coming on our show and just talking mm-hmm. about the movie. Um, but I highly recommend those two podcasts. They're great. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know, we want to give boosts to newer indie podcasts. Yeah. Um, that's all I got. Folks, wear masks. Wash your damn hands. Brush your teeth. Be goddamn cordial to each other. Stay
1: calm. Good Lord.
0: Yeah, if you can, stay It's home. snowy
2: outside.
0: Yep, stay warm. Yeah. Bye, everybody. Uh, pull
2: a Bye. heist. Bye. I do crime.